just a couple things that have been going through my mind this morning as I think of the service so far. Um, one of the songs that we sang this morning had the lion in it, um, Assist Thy Servant to Proclaim the Gospel Message Plain and Pure. That's my prayer this morning, that it be plain and pure. And um, then also the devotional on loyal loyalty, um, loyal to friends. Uh, it, yeah, I just, I'm going to be addressing some of that in the message today. It just stuck out to me. My message is going to be coming from John 11 today. If you want to turn to John 11. Again, the key verse for the book of John is in John 20, verse 31. But these are written, the book of John, that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life through his name. In John 11, pretty much the whole chapter is about Lazarus um, being raised from the dead. And um, this miracle that Jesus did here, that John records, is the last of the seven miracles that John records. In chapter 2, John um, writes about the miracle of turning water into wine. In chapter 4, he wrote about the nobleman's son being healed. In chapter 5, he wrote about the man at the pool of Bethesda being healed. In chapter 6, he wrote about the multiplying of the bread and the fish. And also in chapter 6, um, the miracle of the calming of the storm. And in chapter 9, Jesus healed a blind man. And now in chapter 11, is raising Lazarus from the dead. It's interesting that John records seven miracles and seven I am statements that Jesus made, and we will have another one of them today in chapter 11. John 11, we are nearing the climax of Jesus' ministry. John um, has so far recorded a lot of what Jesus did and how he ministered to others, and by signs and wonders, um, John writes how Jesus wants all to believe. After chapter 12, um, we go into Jesus' private ministry to his disciples and then his crucifixion and resurrection. So we're nearing the end of Jesus, um, of his signs and wonders that John records. Let's read John 11, starting in verse 1. Now a certain man was sick, named Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary, and her sister Martha. It was that Mary which anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore his sisters sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. 
Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. When he had heard, therefore, that he was sick, he abode two days still in the same place where he was. Then after that saith he to his disciples, Let us go into Judea again. His disciples say unto him, Master, the Jews of late sought to stone thee, and goest thou thither again? Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours in the day? If a man walk in the day, he stumbleth not, because he seeth the light of this world. But if a man walk in the night, he stumbleth, because there is no light in him. These things said he, and after that he saith unto them, Our friend Lazarus sleepeth, but I go, that I may awake him out of sleep. Then his disciples, then said his disciples, Lord, if he sleep, he shall do well. Howbeit Jesus spoke of his death, but they thought that he spoke, had spoken of taking a rest and sleep. Then said Jesus unto them plainly, Lazarus is dead, and I am glad for your sakes that I was not there, to the intent ye may believe, nevertheless let us go unto him. Then said Thomas, which is called Didymus, unto his fellow disciples, Let us also go, that we may die with him. Then when Jesus came, he found that he had lain in the grave four days already. Now Bethany was nigh unto Jerusalem, about fifteen furlongs off. And many of the Jews came to Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Then, Mar then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary sat still in the house. Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. But I know that even now whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, God will give it thee. Jesus saith unto her, Thy brother shall rise again. Martha saith unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? She saith unto him, Yea, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which should come into the world. And when she had so said, she went her way, and called Mary her sister secretly, saying, The Master is come, and calleth for thee. As soon as she heard that, she rose quickly, and came unto him. Now Jesus was not yet come into the town, but was in that place where Martha met him. The Jews then which were with her in the house, and comforted her, when they saw Mary, that she rose up hastily and went out, followed her, saying, She goeth unto the grave to weep there. Then when Mary was come where Jesus was, and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying unto him, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. When Jesus therefore saw her weeping, and the Jews also weeping, which came with her, he groaned in the spirit, and was troubled, and said, Where have you laid him? They said unto him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. Then said the Jews, Behold, how he loved him. And some of them said, Could not this man which opened the eyes of the blind have caused that even this man should not have died? Jesus therefore again, groaning in himself, cometh to the grave. It was a cave, and a stone lay upon it. Jesus said, Take ye away the stone. Martha, the sister of him that was dead, saith unto him, Lord, by this time he stinketh, for he hath been dead four days. Jesus saith unto her, Said I not unto thee, that if thou wouldest believe, thou shouldest see the glory of God? Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. 
And I knew that thou hearest me always, but because of the people which stand by I said it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. And when he thus had spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was bound about with a napkin. Jesus saith unto them, unto them, Loose him, and let him go. Then many of the Jews which came to Mary, and had seen the things which Jesus did, believed on him. But some of them went their ways to the Pharisees, and told them what things Jesus had done. Then gathered the chief priests and the Pharisees a council, and said, What do we? For this man doeth many miracles. If we let him thus alone, all men will believe on him, and the Romans shall come and take away both our place and nation. And one of them, named Caiaphas, being the high priest, that same year said unto them, Ye know nothing at all, nor consider that it is expedient for us that one man should die for the people, and that the whole nation perish not. And this spake he not of himself. But being high priest that year, he prophesied that Jesus should die for that nation, and not for that nation only, but that also he should gather together in one the children of God that were scattered abroad. Then from that day forth they took counsel together for to put him to death. Jesus therefore walked no more openly among the Jews, but went thence unto a country near to the wilderness, into a city called Ephraim, and there continued with his disciples. And the Pharisees' Passover was nigh at hand, and many went out of the country up to Jerusalem before the Passover to purify themselves. Then sought they for Jesus, and spake among themselves, as they stood in the temple, What think ye, that he will not come to the feast? Now both the chief priests and the Pharisees had given a commandment that if any man knew where he were, he should show it, and that they might take him. So going back to the beginning of the chapter, where was Jesus? Where was the setting here? In um, chapter 10, verse 40, it says that Jesus went again beyond Jordan into the place where John at first baptized. Um, it says he, was, he abode there. Um, if we go back to John chapter 1, um, in verse 19, it says this is the record of John. And then down in verse 28, um, it says, These things were done in Beth Abara, beyond Jordan, where John was baptizing. So Jesus was in Beth Abara, um, is where he was at this, at the beginning of this chapter. Beth Abara, just a setting on that, is north of the Dead Sea, and it's right on the Jordan River. Some, um, I don't know, commentaries refer to Beth Abara as Bethany. But it is not the same Bethany as the Bethany where Lazarus was from. The approximate distance from Beth Abara to Bethany is about 21 miles. Um, and probably not paved roads, probably um, trails. Probably across a mountain. Verse 1 starts out with a certain man was sick. And there's a lot of supposions out there. Um, number one, that Lazarus was the youngest of the three siblings mentioned here. 
Um, there's another idea out there that Lazarus may have been the breadwinner or the financial support for Mary and Martha. Since the culture was that women didn't work outside the home, and so their brother died, and so their financial support was gone. There's another idea that they may have been a well-to-do family just because of um, Mary having expensive or costly ointment. There's another idea that the approximate age of Lazarus was 30 when this happened and that he lived another 30 years after this. Again, those are only ideas. Um, I don't know if we have any known facts on that. So there's three siblings we have here, Lazarus, Martha, and Mary. And we don't read anything about their parents. I don't know where their parents were. Um, I don't know if they had more siblings. Not a lot is mentioned about them. Um, Mary, like it says in verse 2, was the one that anointed Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair. That's recorded in chapter 12. But Jesus must have had a special connection with these three. Um, maybe more special than some others. He visited their house on several occasions and ate in their house at least twice. Um, in Luke 10 is where, the, where it's recorded about um, Jesus being at Martha and Mary's house. Lazarus is not mentioned there. And um, where Martha was busy preparing food and Mary was sitting at Jesus' feet. I wonder, I, mean, I guess we don't know for sure if this in Luke 10 here, when Jesus was at their house, if this was before or after he raised Lazarus from the dead. My guess is it could have been before. And I wonder what Jesus talked with Mary about there, um, what all he shared there. There must have been, like I said, a, a level of friendship with these three that he hadn't had with a lot of others. And I wonder who was all there listening to Jesus talk. Was Lazarus there? Um, we don't know. In, in Luke 10 there, in verse 38, it says that Martha received him into her house. And so it seems like that was maybe Jesus' first interaction with them. Jesus was in their town, and Martha invited Jesus to come to her house. The idea is out there that Martha was probably the oldest of the three siblings um, and felt responsible to feed and care for Jesus. And then in verse 41 of Luke 10 is where we have the verse of Jesus telling Martha, 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 thou art careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful, and Mary has chosen the good part, which shall not be taken away from her. We read conversations that Jesus had with Martha, but we do not read much or any of conversations with Mary other than Mary was sitting at Jesus' feet. 
And also Lazarus, we read very little about Lazarus. In Luke 16, we read about the rich man and Lazarus, but this was a different Lazarus. Um, the one in Luke 16 was a story that Jesus was telling. It, I guess it could have been for real, but it could be imaginary, um, a parable that Jesus was saying there in Luke 16. So there are two Lazarus in the Bible, um, but two different ones. So his sisters, Lazarus' sisters, sent a message to Jesus, and probably they sent a messenger. I don't think that the sisters went themselves. Um, like I said, it was roughly 21 miles that they had to travel to give Jesus this message, and I don't think if Lazarus was sick that his sisters would have left him um, by himself. So it's likely that they sent a messenger and the message was that he whom you love us is sick. When they said that, when that message, um, he whom thou lovest, that's a phileo love, a head love. And um, when Jesus said, in verse 5, it says, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus, that's an agape love. I thought it was interesting that there's two different loves here. Phileo love is like a head love, and agape love is a heart love. So when they were saying, he who, they were telling Jesus, he whom you love or you are fond of is sick, Jesus said, actually he didn't say it, he just, it just says, John records here, Jesus loved um, that's an agape love, a, a committed love, um, deeper than phileo. So Jesus had, a, like I said, a special connection with these three, that he had agape love for them. Are we excluded from that agape love? Was that only for those three? Does Jesus ever love with phileo love. Again, we don't have many details about um, Lazarus, Mary, and Martha, but we do read that they received him into their house. And I wonder also if that's a connection with um, Jesus, with a relationship with Jesus. If we receive him into our house, and quote, our heart. I think Lazarus and Martha and Mary were believers. I think they believed in Jesus. But also, I'll say that me believing or not believing in Jesus does not sway one way or the other Jesus' love to me. I'll say that again. Me believing or not believing in Jesus does not sway one way or the other Jesus' love to me. He still loves me even if I choose not to love him. Jesus says here that Lazarus, he's telling his disciples that Lazarus' sickness is not unto death. 
Did Lazarus die? Yes, I think Lazarus died. I think he died physically. Um, I don't think there's um, some people that question this um, account and say that Lazarus was just in a coma, um, that maybe he was in a trance, or that maybe they hid him in the cave um, just to convince others that Jesus was um, worth believing in. But I don't think so. I think his death was for real. For the glory of God, like it says in verse 4. So this message came to Jesus, and um, Jesus loved Martha, Mary, and Lazarus. But Jesus stayed two days where he was at. It seems that Jesus um, intentionally made a choice to stay where he was when his friends were suffering. Is that love? If Jesus made a choice, he's going to stay two more days where he's at when he probably, I mean, some, somehow he knew that Lazarus had died already. Um, we read a few verses down. When he was ready to go, he said, he told his disciples that Lazarus is dead. So, so is that love to stay where you're at when an urgent message comes? Was Jesus' delay uncaring? Did Jesus just sit back in the easy chair with a carefree smile on his face and say, well, we'll just wait around a little bit and then we'll go? I don't think so. I think Jesus was torn inside. I think his heart ached for his friends. I think his heart burned to be with his friends. I think he longed to be there to help them. And Jesus, being God's son, could have healed Lazarus from a distance. Jesus wouldn't have had to go um, like he did to the nobleman's son. Jesus could have healed Lazarus where he was at. Or he could have just been there. Um, just split second, he could have just been with Lazarus and healed him. Either one of those, if Jesus would have healed Lazarus from a distance or maybe went right away or just being as he was God's son, just, you know, split second he was there, that would have been for Lazarus' sake and maybe his sister's. Would have that been enough? Jesus had a greater plan. I think Jesus knew at this point that his time was running out. And I wonder how many people, if Jesus would have went right away, how many Jews would have been at Martha and Mary's house if Jesus would have healed Lazarus when he was still sick? Jesus' heart was that all would believe, and what a greater opportunity could he have than to raise his friend from the dead, who was already in the tomb, back to life. 
That would take true agape love, a heart of love. Now, I don't know how practical we can make all that. I'm not saying in every situation we need to wait or not to go. I'm not saying that. Um, every situation's different. Um, but would I have a love like this if I see a um, greater picture, a greater vision of bringing God glory? Could I love my friends to wait? Um, just a thought. So Jesus then, after two days, decides to go, and um, his disciples are fearful that this is the end. Jesus, the last time he was in Judea or Jerusalem, he was going to get stoned, and... Um, so they're questioning Jesus if this is really the right thing to do. And in verse 9 and 10, Jesus says that there's 12 hours in a day. Um, if you walk in the day, you won't stumble. Um, what did Jesus mean in verse 9 and 10? What was he talking about? Um, was he talking about daytime and nighttime, like actual physical daytime and nighttime? And... Was he saying that as long as they travel in daylight hours, they're going to be fine? Um, did Jesus know already at this point that when his time is here, he's going to be taken at nighttime? Remember, it's 21 miles that they would have had to travel, approximately. And um, could Jesus and his disciples walk 21 miles in 12 hours, um, probably, maybe. Um, so I don't know what all Jesus was meaning here. But just imagine a little bit. Let's say that the messenger that came to bring Jesus the message, let's say it took him maybe two days to get there unless he was really familiar with the area, or maybe he had a horse, I'm not sure. Maybe it was a day, maybe two days. Um, and Jesus stayed there two days. And Jesus travels back to Bethany was a day or maybe two days. So we have at least five to maybe six days now since um, Lazarus was, um, since the Martha and Mary sent the message. Um, could be actually five or six days since Lazarus died. Now Jesus is heading back to Bethany. Jewish culture, culture says that after three days, someone is dead. So once someone dies, after three days is when they're dead. When Jesus got to where Lazarus was in the grave. It says that it's been four days already that he was in the grave. So it, um, it could be that Lazarus could have been dead seven days already. could have been three days, and then after the third day they put him in the tomb. Um, or I guess it could be four days total. Um, anyway, he had laid in the grave there four days, and the Jews all agreed that he was dead. 
because their culture was after three days they were dead. So if Jesus would have went sooner, would have the Jews believed? They could have then accused Jesus of raising someone from the dead who wasn't dead um, because three days weren't passed. The disciples here, they thought that Lazarus was just sleeping and Jesus had to be blunt with them. Lazarus is dead. And um, Jesus here talking to his disciples in verse 15, he says, to the intent that ye may believe. Um, so that's where it seems like Jesus intentionally did not go to the intent that they may believe. Jesus' chief concern here seems to not be about raising Lazarus, but that unbelievers may believe. It's interesting, Thomas here, we don't read a lot about Thomas in the Gospels, but Thomas' response here was that, yeah, let's just go, let's just die with him. Um, and I don't know if it's too much different than maybe some of our responses. Um, sounds like a good idea. Um, it's Jesus is probably going to die when we get there, so let's just go and just die with him. Um, you know here that Thomas, you know, Thomas is kind of the doubter, but Thomas here believed. Um, he believed that Jesus was going to die, and he believed he was going to die with him. Um, maybe not the right belief, but Thomas had, Thomas believed here. Thomas was operating, I think, out of fear and loss of vision or unbelief. So Jesus gets to the outside of the town of Bethany, and um, many Jews from Jerusalem, from Bethany to Jerusalem is about two miles, and many Jews from Jerusalem came to Martha and Mary to comfort them. And somehow Martha heard that Jesus was there or coming. And I just, I just can't help but compare between Martha and Mary here. Martha, I don't know where Mary was at, but somehow Martha heard that Jesus was coming. And I can't help but imagine that Martha, as many Jews were at their house trying to comfort them, Martha was probably the one that was busy making sure everybody had food to eat water to drink, um, making sure everybody was comfortable, even though they were there for her sake. She was probably the one that was making sure she met everyone that came and talking to everybody that came. She was probably the server. She was um, yeah, going out of her way to make everybody happy there. And I just imagine Mary probably sitting in her room um, quietly, trying to process things, doesn't want to be around people. Um, and that's probably why Martha had to go and tell Mary in secret that Jesus was there. Somehow, the word got around to Martha that Jesus was there. And Martha goes to Jesus. Martha here acknowledges that Jesus can do anything God wants um, him to do. 
but she also thinks it's too late for Lazarus to come back to life. And that's where we come to the fifth I am statement that John records that Jesus made. In verse 25, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Jesus tells Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. Death, the last and most irresistible enemy of humanity, could not and would not conquer Jesus. Death could not hold him. He is life. He is the resurrection and the life. And I think the irony of him making that statement is that there were men strategizing in how to kill him. So as Jesus is saying, he is life, he is the resurrection, death cannot hold him, men are trying to kill him. It's kind of ironic. I think the same is happening today. I think men are trying to kill biblical truth and put them down when you can't. It's their life. You can't kill biblical truth. May we not fear our last enemy, death, but believe that we shall never die. May we face death with joy that although our physical body will die, our soul shall live and live on forever. Believest thou this? I picked this song, Lift Your Glad Voices, because there's several phrases in there. We think of that as an Easter song, and it is. But um, in the first verse, it says, Jesus hath risen, and man shall not die. In the second verse, it says, The Savior has risen, and man shall not die. And in verse 3, it says, The being he gave us, death cannot destroy. And sad were the life we may part with tomorrow, if tears were our birthright, and death were our end. It would be sad if death were our end. And then in verse 4, He bade us immortal, to heaven ascend. And then he says, Lift then your voices in triumph on high, for Jesus hath risen, and man shall not die. Yeah, our physical bodies will pass, but we will not die. Martha here seems receptive, willing to hear Jesus. And willing to receive, in verse 27, Martha says, I believe that thou art the Christ. And I think it's, it's hard, or I don't know if it's hard, we tend to um, criticize Martha, be hard on her sometimes for her serving and not sitting at Jesus' feet, but Martha verbalized her faith in Christ. She believed I think that's remarkable about Martha. 
Now at this point, Martha goes and calls for Mary. Um, and it says that Mary came quickly. Jesus is still outside the town. And the Jews, the many Jews that were at their house, followed Mary. And Mary repeats the same words that Martha just said to Jesus. In verse 32, Mary says, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. And in verse 21, Martha told Jesus, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. Martha and Mary both said the same thing to Jesus. It's interesting that Jesus had a conversation with Martha and Mary he wept with. Jesus will meet us where we're at. I think here we can see Jesus, the empathy and the lowliness of Jesus. Jesus was troubled here. He groaned in his spirit. I think his heart ached. And Jesus wept with Martha and Mary and the Jews there. I think the scene there is almost sacred of Jesus weeping with the people. Like the Jews said, behold how he loved him. Jesus must have had a deep love for Lazarus, according to the Jews that they seen. And I think Jesus, talking about weeping um, and death, Jesus wants to weep with us in our death also. And I'm not um, really talking about human death, although that's not excluded. Um, Jesus wants to weep with us in that also, but more the death of maybe a vision or maybe the death of a friendship. Um, Jesus wants to meet us where we're at there also. It's okay to grieve the loss um, of a friendship or a vision. At some point in our grieving, Jesus will ask, where have you laid him? And we will have to choose, or not choose, to believe in the resurrection and the life. Jesus wants to take those deaths, in quote, and turn them into life for the glory of God. So by this time, Jesus is at the grave, at the tomb, a cave where they laid Lazarus. And um, Jesus has a conversation with Martha here again. He, Jesus asked that the stone be rolled away. And um, Martha, in her um, caring way, questions Jesus if he really knows what he's doing because Lazarus is starting to decompose at this point. And, um, and Martha is, yeah, not wanting... That and, and Jesus tells her that if she believes, she'll see the glory of God. And they roll the stone away. Now Jesus prays, and it stuck out to me that Jesus didn't really 
pray as we think of it. Um, Jesus' prayer was one of thanksgiving. Jesus says, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. Um, he didn't ask God to raise Lazarus. He didn't cry out or petition that God would raise Lazarus. He just thanks God that he heard him. So that makes me wonder if the two days prior, when Jesus was in Bethabara, if Jesus spent that time praying to his Father. Uh, we read many times where Jesus went onto the mountain to pray. I wonder if Jesus spent this time praying to his Father in those two days prior. And he thanks God for hearing him. So he calls Lazarus. Lazarus comes out. And then in verse 45, it says that many of the Jews which came to Mary believed on him. That was Jesus' ultimate goal, was not only to raise Lazarus, but that others would believe. Now in the Pharisees and chief priests' way of thinking, the only way to stop this man from taking control and everybody following him and him being king here, they must put him to death. And Caiaphas prophesies that Jesus' death and um, that he's going to die for everyone, um, including um, in reference here, to, I think, to the Gentiles, the, the ones that are scattered abroad. Caiaphas prophesies that Jesus is going to die for the nation. And so then Jesus goes into hiding. He goes to Ephraim, and it says he continues there with his disciples. Seems to be a time lapse maybe there. I don't know how long till the Passover. Um, and we start with the Jews' Passover being nigh at the end of chapter 11. And this is the Passover where Jesus was crucified. Um, and so there seems to maybe be a time lapse, but I don't know how long. Um, but the end of chapter 11 starts with the, the Passover was at hand. And the Jews are wondering, and probably standing in the doors of the temple, um, talking about Jesus and wondering if he's going to come. Because somehow everyone was somehow, um, maybe they sent a, a group message out to everyone that if you see him, you need to report him and um, to the Pharisees, the chief priests, because they want to arrest him. Jesus was on the top wanted list. And I'll end with the question that they ask, would Jesus go? Let's kneel for prayer.